This is the Elevate Student Ministry Podcast. Hi, I'm Pastor Dominic. Welcome to Elevate, the student ministry of Living Word Church, where we exist to exalt Christ, make disciples, and equip the saints. Thank you for sharing some of your time with us today. May it elevate Jesus and encourage you. Let's get started. It is my pleasure to not speak tonight because of who you do have the pleasure of hearing from tonight. He is one of our elders. He's also the men's ministry pastor. Also, he is a bull rider. He has a dog named Buck. He likes all ice cream, so we got that going for us. And he is a good friend and a man who just walks with swag. Like, this guy's just kind of awesome in a cool way as well. So uh, that, along with his love for God's word, which I admire in any man or woman, Please give a big, loud hand for Shane. Come on up, Pastor Shane Scott. Well, I have this. Oh, yeah. Yes. Well, hello. It's really a pleasure to be here. I'm, I'm very appreciative of Pastor Dom giving me the opportunity um, to, to be able to speak tonight. Uh, so I'm very grateful. Um, I, my name is Shane, as he's already introduced myself uh, already. But my name is Shane. I'm one of the elders here. Uh, actually, I used to be an e-group leader um, about two, three years ago, I guess. It was 11th graders that I had the pleasure to uh, hang out with. I have all my notes here. So, but, um, so it's, really, it's really a good pleasure. It's good to be here. So we're going to wrap up tonight. Uh, what Dom started maybe about three weeks ago on the Lord's Prayer. Remember, he started with the first two sections uh, about how not to pray or how to pray, and then he went into uh, the, the content of the Lord's Prayer. So tonight I'm going to close it out on the backside and start with give us, us, give us our daily bread and uh, all the way to the backside of it. So, um, yep, well, let's pray. Let's open in prayer and uh, ask God to uh, be here with us. Heavenly Father, God, we're so grateful to have the opportunity to open your word because your word is truth and it's freedom. And tonight I pray that both of those would come out of my mouth. Truth and words of freedom, your words, not mine, God. May you prepare the hearts to receive that they would obey and be changed forever. In Christ's name we pray. All right, so I know you guys are also um, kind of learning the Bible. We're going to be going through a couple scriptures. Uh, I can tell you most of the content tonight is going to be in Matthew 6. Uh, that's basically our context that we're going to be going into. Uh, there's a couple other scriptures in Matthew, Matthew in that chapter. Also, just to kind of give you a heads up, we're going to probably look at 1 John and the book of Psalms. Really, that's really about it, most of it. There are some scriptures that I'm not going to give the opportunity to read. I'm just going to fly through it just to kind of prove and close a point. Amen? So let's, let's, uh, let's get into God's word. Matthew 6, 5, 15. Let's get there. And we are there. All right, it says, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. 
And your Father who is sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases to the Gentiles do, as the Gentiles do, for they think they will, they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you even before you ask him. Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And my favorite, one of my favorite parts, it's not in all the Bibles, is, for thine is the kingdom and the, glory, the power and the glory forever. Amen. This is a little bit of a doxology on the backside of that prayer. And again, not all Bibles have it. There's always a debate whether it should be in there or not. I, I think it's absolutely accurately true because it's a great way to worship on the backside of a prayer. But tonight we're going to talk about the Lord's Prayer. Now, I know it's been dubbed as the Lord's Prayer, but technically it's a disciple's prayer. This is the Lord teaching the disciples how to pray, right? It's not necessarily something even Jesus would pray because when was the last time you think Jesus asked for forgiveness of sins, which is never, right? This prayer has that content in it. So when you think of the Lord's Prayer, it's really the disciples' prayer. And what I mean by that, it's the disciples' prayer. This prayer was designed for a believer, not for the unbeliever. The, this prayer is not a universal prayer that everyone can just lip service to. It's specifically for the believer, those who have entrusted their lives with Christ, those who can truly say, our Father. So as, as we go through this review, I'm going to do a quick review of this uh, and then get into the actual content of where we're going to go and, that, and start at. But as I mentioned, this is not a universal prayer. Um, it is exclusive to those who call upon them. And, he, and, and interesting that he, he identifies two sets, two groups. He identifies the hypocrite, the Pharisee, the one that wants to be seen, look at me, that I'm spiritual. He wants to stand on the street corner and, and have all these spiritual words so everybody can look at him. Look at me. Look how spiritual I am. We often do that as well. Maybe not in prayer, but we do that in, in lifestyle sometimes. And he looks at the other guy. He's, he talks about another one. He talks about the pagan. The pagan is the unbeliever. The pagan is, they're both technically unbelievers, but the pagan, he's the one that has repetitive prayer. He's the one that constantly repeats. Uh, re, you, uh, says the same thing over and over and over, thinking he can manipulate God. If, if I say this so many times, surely God will hear me. Well, maybe if, I, if it sounds this particular way, surely God will hear me. Maybe it's prescripted prayer. Maybe it's something that a lot of times we learn prayers as, as young, younger children, and we consistently pray it throughout our lives. And it just becomes lip service and not the matter of the heart. Because that is what prayer is, and that's the title of this message. This is words of the heart. This is a prayer that comes from our hearts. 
not lip service. I love what a quote from John Stout says, when we come to God in prayer, we do not come hypocritically like play actors seeking the applause of men, nor do we come mechanically like pagan babblers whose mind is not in their mutterings or their sayings. But thoughtfully, humbly, trustfully, like little children, we come to our Father. That is the essence of prayer. It's not a matter of the mouth. It is a matter of the heart. So just a quick review. I call it the eight Ps of the Lord's Prayer or the Disciples' Prayer. It says, so it's our Father. This is God's paternity. This is the fatherhood of God. Hallowed be your name. This is God's priority. Bring glory to God. Bring honor to God. Let your kingdom come. This is God's program. Your will be done on earth that is is in heaven. It's God's purpose. He's establishing his purpose. Give us our daily bread. This is God's provision. He takes care of us. He looks out for us. He provides for us. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. This is God's pardon. Thank God for his pardon. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That's God's protection. And for thine is the glory, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. That's God's preeminence. So this is six petitions in the prayer. Three related to God, three related to us. Interesting thing, the three that are related to us are so that we can honor him in the first three related to God. It's all about him. It's not about us. Our prayer, everything that we do as believers are about God. He is the central focus. This prayer is a God-centered prayer, not a man-centered prayer. Yes, we do pray for us, and we do pray for ourselves, but the central focus is always going to be God. Give us, forgive us, and deliver us. That's our message tonight. First part I want to get into is give us our daily bread. And I'm going to break it down into two, two different points. One is give us, and the other is our daily bread. And this is number five on the eight Ps that we talked about. This is God's provision. Bread is our sustenance. It means our survival, our nourishment, living. Or as Baloo on the Jungle Book said, this is our bare necessities. I sung that for a while when I saw that. It's hard to get out your head. But this is, this is the bread. This is what he is talking about. Give us. Why do, you, why do you suppose that he says, give us? Notice he doesn't say, give me. He doesn't say, give I. Because it, it, it's not about you. It's about us. It's about him. It's about ours. Some of us also tend to have more than others. And when we pray and God gives you more, share. Share. Share what God has given you because you know that God was the one that provided you with this substance. 
whether it's bread or food or um, clothing or whatever it is that's available to you that God has given you. And he says, daily bread. That's interesting that he says, give us our daily bread, today's bread, not tomorrow's bread, not next week's bread, not next month's bread, not provisions for years to come, but give us today our daily bread. There's a great story, you guys probably already know about it, and, and whenever Moses led Egyptians out, I'm sorry, he led the Israelites out of the Egyptian, out of Egypt, and he led them straight into the desert, right? What grows in the desert? Nothing. Nothing grows in the desert. For 40 years, God provided. Their shoes never wore down. They drank from a rock. They had a cloud by day and a fire by night. And every morning they would go out and they would have this manna, which no one really knew what it was, but it was like a flake. It was kind of like a bread. And he warned them. He said, look, don't pick up more than you need. Just pick up for today's supply. But if you do pick up more than today's supply and you keep it over for the next night, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be filled with worms in the morning. And lo and behold, you know, there was a lot of people that tried it. And sure enough, it He only provided for today. Provide for today's bread. And there's a reason that God is saying today's bread. It's that so we're not anxious about tomorrow. You know we get anxious about tomorrow. And he's cutting it off right there in this prayer. This prayer is basically saying, God, may I not be anxious about tomorrow. Give me today's bread. Let's take a look at Matthew 6, 31, 32, which is in the same chapter, just a little bit further down. It says, therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things. And for the record, the Gentiles are the unbelievers. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. Praying to the Heavenly Father about your daily bread is basically an acknowledgement that you understand it comes from Him. I know we live in an affluent culture today where we just go to Rouse and get our bread. And when it comes to food, it's, it's readily available. We are so blessed to live in a country that food is not an issue. I doubt very seriously anybody in this room has ever prayed, God, give me tomorrow's bread. Now, you might have pray maybe give me some crawfish tomorrow or something, maybe great steak. But you never prayed for give me bread. That's because we are super blessed and we forget automatically that God has provided this for us. We're not all so fortunate in the world. So remember, this is an acknowledgement of remembering where your bread comes from. You know, to, even when we pray sometimes as, as even believers, you know, when we pray, we bless the food. You know, a lot of times, and look, I'm guilty of it, it's almost as if it's lip service. Sounds something like this, God, thank you for this food. Hey, nurse our bodies. Jesus' name, amen, let's eat. Do you truly, truly consider where your food came from? Do you consider that God provided this for you? Do you consider that 
not just the food, but the ability to taste and smell and enjoy and have your feel. You know, whenever I, had, I caught COVID in 2020, uh, March 2020, and for a month and a half, I lost my smell and taste. And I will tell you, when it finally came back, I was so grateful that I can smell and taste. And I became, I had this great appreciation of me being able to taste and smell food. That is a gift. That's a gift of God. Remember and acknowledge where your food comes from. It's as simple as that. It's acknowledging God. Now, we're going to jump into the second point. I flipped the second point with the th third point, and, and we're going to cover leading not a temptation to deliver us from evil. And the reason we're doing that is because the content of the second point is further addressed outside of the, of the uh, prayer itself, where Jesus explains the forgiveness. So we're going to jump into that and follow the forgiveness afterwards. So lead us not into protection, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is a prayer protection from being tempted that will result in evil. The word temptation means, or in the Greek, means parismos, and it also can be truly translated into trial. So lead us not into trial. Lead us not into temptation. And it's not that God is saying, you need to pray that trials don't come. You need to pray that temptation doesn't come because I will tell you, it's going to come. It, it, trials and temptation will come. I mean, the first thing that, he, that Jesus did after the, his baptism, he was led into the desert to be tempted. So that is excused. It's a no-brainer that we're going to walk through this life with trials but it's not God. And when I first read this, and, and it has maybe a tendency to say that, it says, so why should we pray that we, he not lead us into temptation? If we don't pray that, will he lead us into temptation? The answer is no. God does not tempt. Look at James 1, 13 through 15. It says, let no, let no one say that he is tempted. I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person tempted is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desires. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. This is... Our temptation, our own desires bring us to sin. So what is exactly he's saying? He's, he's basically saying, pray that you are sustained and not consumed with temptation when you're going through a trial. Because we're all going to go through trials. And when we go through those trials, temptation to quit, temptation to go the opposite way is always before us. The devil's there saying, hey, look, this way is a whole lot better than the other way. It's a lot easier. This prayer is, is a heart, and, this, and I can't emphasize this no more than, than this, that this is a believer's prayer because a true believer yearns not to sin against God. And that's what this prayer is. God, lead me not into temptation. May I, I be sustained as I walk through these trials. Keep my hands from evil. Keep my hands from evil. 
And let not evil come upon me. Look at 1 John 2.16. This is where temptations come from as well. It says, for all that is in the world, all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And y'all, we live in a world that is filled with the desires of the eyes, the flesh, and the pride of life. And we need to desperately cry out to our Father for protection. That's what this prayer is. And look, we can take practical measures. We're, it's not just something we pray and go, okay, God, protect me. We, there's things that we can do to protect ourselves. Look, don't over-spiritualize walking in holiness. It's, it's simply not doing the thing that you ought not to do or keeping away from the thing that may cause you to fall. There's a story about this little boy that um, his, he, he used to go swimming in, by the river uh, on his way back from school when he walked back from school. And his mom said, do not go swimming in the river. You're forbidden to do it. He's like, okay, mom, I promise you I won't do it. The boy went to his room, got his backpack, and he's like, you know what? Just in case, maybe something might change my mind. He puts his shorts in his backpack, and he walks. He goes to school. And on the way back home, he sees his friends in the, pool, in, he sees his friends in the river, and he can't help himself. He puts his shorts on, and he goes swimming. That's exactly what we do. We, try to, we, we typically don't set ourselves up for success. We set ourselves up to fail. Stay away from the thing that brings you temptation. You remember when Jesus said that, that it is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye because you gouged it out than it go to hell with both eyes? If your eye causes you to fall, stay away from the thing that causes you to fall. If your foot keeps you from entering the heaven, if your foot keeps, uh, causes you to fall, walk the other way. It's very simple principles. It's very practical. And how do we do this? How, how do we sustain ourselves? It's simple. It's the Word of God. We hide the Word of God in our heart, and we submit to God. James 4, 1, 7 says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God, and resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So submitting to God is submitting to his Word. I have stored up, in Psalms 119, 11 says, I have stored up your word in my heart. Why? That I might not sin against you. You see the heart prayer? This is not lip service. This is a heart prayer. Our spiritual warfare is not blaming things on the devil. It's acknowledging who we are, our weaknesses, and avoiding them. I love this, this hymn by her, oh, I can't pronounce his name, Hortato, says, yield not to temptation, for yielding is sin. Each victory will help you, some other, to win. Fight manfully onward, dark passions subdue. Look ever to Jesus, he will carry you through. Shun evil companions, bad language disdain. God's name hold in reverence nor take it in vain. Be thoughtful and earnest, kind-hearted and true. Ever look to Jesus, he will carry you through. 
To him that overcometh, God give a crown. Through faith we conquer, though often cast down. He who is our Savior, our strength, will renew. Look ever to Jesus. He will carry you through. Ask the Savior to help you, comfort and strengthen and keep you. He is willing to aid you. He will carry you through. So we're going to jump into the third point. So we talked about our daily bread, that we acknowledge God in our daily bread. We talked about the temptation and delivering us from evil. Now we're going to talk about the forgiveness. As I mentioned, we did a little swap on that one. So the, the, the third point and the last point that I want to make is that, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And again, I, I broke this down into two different parts. Um, it's going to be forgive us our debts. I want to address that first before we get into the other section. So this is a believer's life. If anyone here professes to be a Christian, you have confessed your sin to God and you have made things right. Well, let me rephrase that. God has made right with you. He's given you peace. Right? He's given you joy. And I'm going to tell you that you will continue to fight for that peace and joy as you walk through this life because sin creeps in and sin will steal your joy and sin will steal your peace. And the way we deal with that sin is we confess it to our God because if we don't confess sin to God, it will hinder our relationship. Forgive us our sins is a life of repentance because none of us here are perfect. We know that. At least we should know that. Let's take a look at 1 John 8, 10. It says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we shouldn't be afraid. If we say we have not sinned, he makes, we make him a liar. And his word is not in us. Another reason why we confess our sin as Christians is that we typically, we, we definitely will hinder our personal relationship. We need to remember that we have a tendency to, to cling to that which is dark. That's our nature. And when we sin, we want to we hide it. We don't want to look up to God. We just kind of want to walk away from it. And act like it didn't happen. Maybe if I don't acknowledge it, it doesn't, it just goes away in its own. No, it's not going to go away in its own. You have to bring that sin to God. You have to bring it before his throne. I mean, Adam and Eve is the perfect example of that, right? First thing they did when they messed up, they felt the guilt and shame, and they ran for the weeds. We have a tendency to do the same thing. King David was a, another example of this. He even wrote about it. If you remember the adultery with Bathsheba and Uriah, he murdered. He tried to hide his sin. You know what it feels like when you hide your sin? Let's look at Psalms 32, 1 through 5, and then we'll look at Psalms 52 right afterwards. It says, Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sin is covered up. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and whose spirit there is no deceit. And here's the, here's the part I'm talking about. 
For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away, wasted away through my groanings all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as a, by the heat of summer. I acknowledge my sin. Here's the fix. I acknowledge my sin to you, and, it did, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said I will confess my transgression to the Lord, and you, will, you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Same thing in Psalms 52. Confession is essential. And we're going to talk a little bit more about it. Psalms 52 says, Creating me a clean heart, O God. Creating me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me with a willing spirit. You see, what happens whenever we hold sin, we don't confess sin, and we hide sin, our joy sapped. I live by myself. I tend to do very good on the property. I, clean, I cut my grass best I can. I trim. You know, inside work is not exactly my strength. It's not something, you, know, you might see some dirty socks and you know, laying around. And one of the things I probably struggle with the most is my refrigerator. And it's because I just stuff food to the back and keep piling it in there, right? And eventually, I got to clean it out. One, the other night, it was probably Sunday, I was cooking some burgers, and I went in there to grab some ground meat, and there was a strange, stinky smell coming in my fridge. And uh, I was like, eh, I'll, I'll let it go maybe one more day. And uh, so I cooked, and the next morning I woke up, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I'm like, what is it in there that, that stinks so bad? And I bought some salmon, um, yeah, the, day, the week before, and I went to Houston, I didn't get a chance to eat it, and it was hiding in the back corner, but y'all, it was bad. You know, dead fish just stinks. It just stinks. But the stink forced me to deal with it. I had, I had to deal with the stink because it was permeating through my fridge. It was contaminating everything else in my fridge. Everything else began to smell like fish. I opened the door, then my house smelled like fish. Isn't that the same way when we hold sin? It contaminates you. It permeates through your body. It hinders your walk with Christ. It, it destroys the fruit that you have. You can't bear fruit. You're miserable. Confess your sin before God. Hold, don't hold it in. Don't hinder that relationship or you will be hindered in prayer. This ties right into forgiving our debtors. I know this is not a fan of, this is one that we probably struggle with the most. I know I do sometimes. But remember, as I mentioned, this prayer is for the believer. This is not an unbeliever's prayer. So what does he mean by he says that if you do not forgive others, neither will I forgive you? Do we suddenly lose our salvation? Absolutely not. That's not what he's saying here. But we do lose our joy. We will lose that peace and it's not that it's an obligation where, by which we hold salvation. It's not you have to do this in order to gain it. So it's not you are saved by grace through faith. But there are consequences when it comes to holding grudges. There are consequences whenever you cling to an offense. The same thing that happens to you is when you cling to 
a sin that unconfessed, so will it be whenever you cling and hold fast to an offense. So if you have been a believer, you're, you're forgiven judicially. You, you've been, you are forgiven. Your position, you're, you're seated in heavenly realms. But you will be a miserable Christian. You ever seen the joyless Christian? That's a contradiction, but it's true. Because your joy will be sapped from you. And are we holier than God? You know, if you've truly been forgiven, and you understand the weight of that forgiveness as a believer, that God forgave you, would we not want to forgive? If you fully understood it and you understood the weight, would you not want to? Yeah, but God, you, you don't, Shane, you don't know what they did to me. Well, maybe you've forgotten what God's done for you. You've forgotten. Remember what God has done for you. See, we talked about this vertical relationship about forgiveness between us and God. Now it's this horizontal relationship between us and our neighbor, our us and our brother, our sister. Let's take a look at Matthew 18. Actually, I don't think I have that one listed. Uh, I'm just going to read through. It says that Peter said, that Peter said, um, that Peter came up and said to them, Lord, how often shall we forgive? How often will my brother sin against me? And I forgive him. And he said, as, as many as seven times, Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. Seven times 77. You can't even multiply that because that just means an endless amount of forgiveness is due to your brother. Because his forgiveness to us is much greater and mightier than any forgiveness we would ever display to our brother. There's a quote that I love by Thomas Adams. He says, He that may demands mercy and shows none burns the bridge over which he himself must pass. Don't burn your own bridge. George Hebert, he's probably Herbert, but we're going to call him Hebert, has a similar quote. He says, He who cannot forgive others breaks the bridge over which he must pass. He basically said the same thing. Forgive, unforgiveness will consume us, spiritually and physically. The lack of joy that we talked about with David, the peace, you probably, the assurance of your salvation will be dwindled. You won't have the confidence that you would walk with. Let's look at Luke 36 real quick. It says, I'll wait for you guys to get there if you guys are getting there. Luke 36. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. And here it is. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. If you do not forgive others, even if you confess your sin, you're still going to deal with your sin. You're still going to have this burden. Give it. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. I love what it says in 1 Peter. It says, love covers a multitude of sin. Someone says, forgiveness is not the cause of holy amnesia. 
that wipes out the past. Instead, it is the experience of healing that drains the poison from the wound. That's what forgiveness does. It heals you. And you're no longer enslaved by the one who's offended you. Forgiveness is the commodity of love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. There's a cemetery outside of New York City. And there's this huge headstone that stands out. On it is an inscription. The inscription does not have the name of the person. It does not say the day that they were born or the day that they died. It doesn't say that they were beloved by their mother, their father, their son, their daughter, or anyone. It has one word across the headstone. It's forgiven. From one end to the other, forgiven. The only thing that person wanted the rest of the world to know, the living world to know, is that that individual was forgiven. Isn't that exactly the heart cry of every sinner who comes to Christ? See, God has made much about forgiveness in Scripture, and that's because forgiveness is man's deepest spiritual need. Apart from forgiveness, man doesn't have a relationship with the Father. Apart from forgiveness, you pay your own debts. And those debts are eternity in hell. Elevate. Do you have forgiveness? And have you forgiven others? That's my heart's pr- that's my heart prayer tonight is that we all experience. That is the gospel. That's reconciliation. That is God reconciling you and us, all of us, to himself. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, God, we're so grateful for your prayer. As a God, as, as something that we can flesh out, and God, I pray that everyone under the sound of my voice would begin to pray this prayer with sincerity. I pray when they call upon your name, Father, that they will recognize that they are a child and you are a heavenly Father, one that has called them, that redeemed them. And we could run to you, God, not hide. And God, that we would make your name holy. May your name be holy, Father. May we walk in holiness as well. May we reflect your character. May we surrender to you, Father. And Father, I pray, God, that you would, your kingdom, God, I pray that your kingdom would come. Your will be done, God. I pray that Jesus would come. Come, Lord Jesus. God, I pray that you will be done in our lives as we walk, as we, as we live our lives and, and go about from day to day that, that we would surrender to you and that the kingdom of God would be in our hearts. And Father, we thank you for our daily bread. God, we thank you for the provision that you've given us, undeservedly given us, but you're kind and you're merciful and you're gracious. 
And Father, your forgiveness is sweeter than nothing. You restored us. And Father, I pray that there's not a day that goes by that I do not recollect of your great forgiveness upon us. And that may I extend that to others, that I would forgive those who have offended me, that I would walk with joy and peace. God, restore the joy of our salvation. If we are here tonight, God, I pray that we would bring our sin to you because you are faithful and just to forgive us. And God, lead us not into temptation. God, when the trials come, sustain us. May our hands not sin against you. May our deeds not be evil. God, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. And a special thanks to all of you who have subscribed, shared episodes, and left reviews. If you would like to learn more about Elevate, you can visit us at iloveelevate.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for everything you do that brings faith, hope, and love to the world around you. Now go, follow Jesus.